Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Scorch Justice, the podcast covering the murders of Jessica Lynn Chambers and Ming Sheen Show. And I'm Woody Overton, your host. I was in the middle of telling you about Quentin Tellis' first trial for murder of Jessica Lynn Chambers and I told you all the bad shit how the cow ate the cabbage right I hated the work that they did it's shameful had there been any evidence found in Jessica's car or in the woods or anything had they ever searched or whatever it would have been a field day for a defense attorney no chain of custody is established on anything no crime scenes established. But today I'm going to continue with this trial because it's important. It's important that you know why I'm doing this case on Scorch Justice where I tell you the most horrific cases that have ever been tried or not tried in our criminal justice system because of the fuck-ups. So let's get back to the trial. The next witness they call is Jerry King. Now, Jerry King takes a stand, and he says, yeah, you know, who he is, where he's from, blah, 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 whatever. But basically, he testifies that he's walking down the road, pushing his kid in a stroller, and he found Jessica's keys. He testifies on the stand that he picked the keys up and gave them to his kid to play with. But in his report, when he called it in, y'all, when he's questioned about that, he wrote in a report that he put the keys in the stroller. 
they've already got him screwed up, right? And in he's looking at the keys later on, and he notices it has Ben's auto and diesel repair on it. And he knew who Ben was, it was Ben Chambers, Jessica Lynn Chambers' father. So he decided to call Agent Tyler Mills to report the keys. Agent Mills shows up, takes the report from him, and he's like, can you show me where you found the keys at? Sure. Takes him back to where he found the keys. He actually has Jerry King put the keys back on the ground where he believes that he picked them up from so he could photograph it. Okay, let me try to put it in context for you. You don't do that shit, all right? I mean, you could have photographed the empty spot on the grass. You could have photographed the surrounding areas on the road where it was, but you don't take evidence and replant it from where a witness says they picked it up from. I mean, fuck, that's, that's misleading as fuck. You know, you just don't do it. And I mean, it's just shocking to my senses that this was done. Now, when Jerry, Jerry King, old Jerry King's a frequent flyer, though, for him down there in Panola County, right? I mean, he's been arrested like 15 times, possession of drugs and grand larceny and indecent exposure and resistant arrest and all this stuff. So, yeah, well, I don't know, man. But, I mean, they called him. He testified. His testimony and his written statement state two different things just like other witnesses in the trial. I do not know how the district attorney can live with himself that they did not prepare these people for trial. All they had to do was call them in one by one, not ask, not rehearse the testimony, but just simply go over, these are the questions I'm gonna ask you, how would you respond? And you're sitting there, because I've done this a thousand times, people. You're sitting there, they're reading your report, they're asking you, you respond, boom, okay. You remember I told you in the last episode, a district attorney will never, any attorney should never ask somebody on the witness stand a question that they don't already know the answer to. They didn't prepare y'all. This is a murder case. Fucking crazy. So the next agent, old Jerry King gets off stand. And I remember it's a jury of Quinn's peers watching this who are regular people who I guarantee you 99% of them are not true crime junkies and stuff like that they don't know about all these things right but they're like they get in a crash course in it and I can tell you I'll save my opinion to the end but I can tell you already if I was on that jury what I'd have voted but let's continue they call agent Mills to the stand and they ask him is part of your job collecting evidence and Mills said, yeah, most evidence is taken and then it's sent to the crime lab. The defense attorney says, ask him, you know, Agent Mills is their guy, y'all, to collect evidence, right? The defense attorney asks him, says, is there a protocol you follow for the collection of evidence in a criminal case? Mills says, no, sir. I've never collected evidence before. What the fuck? Are you, wait a minute. But you did it this time, and you went and took the evidence back, and you put it on, talking about the keys, put it on the ground and took photographs of it and everything else. And the, you said there's no protocol? 
and that you've never collected evidence before. Catch this. The defense attorney then says, is there someone in Panola County dedicated to major crimes? Agent Mills says, yeah, Barry Thompson. He's the one who told me to take the pics. All right, y'all. I don't know what their training budget is or if you are going to collect evidence. Even uniform patrol guys know how to collect fucking evidence, okay? When to touch it and when not to touch it. And guess what? Every law enforcement agency in the United States of America has a policy and procedure manual. When you hire on, you get your policy procedure manual, you have to read it, initial that you read every single page, and then turn it back in. Why? Because every policy and procedure in that manual is in there because somebody fucked something up. At some point, sugar turned to shit and it was a shit show, so they had to make a rule about it. And so they go in and they change, they put in a new policy. I have not seen it, but I bet your sweet ass that Panola County has a policy and procedure manual and that has to have a section on evidence. If not, then that even compounds the tragedy of Jessica Lynn Chambers' murder. Just fucking crazy. So then they ask him to explain to the jury why he felt the need to take a picture of the keys. And he said, in case they were part of the crime. And when they asked him, I'm talking about the defense, y'all, asked him if he felt that taking a picture of the keys in the grass where the guy actually picked them up from can give a false perception, he says, no. Again, you're going back to his ass is already in a crack. These first attorneys, you know, were top-notch, and they, they had done their work. They had some fuck-ups, too, on their side, and I'm going to tell you about that. Once you get an officer of the law that's sworn, especially in a jury trial, sworn on the stand, and you catch them in a screw-up, or you get them pissed off, you make them start sweating, then you just grind it, right? Because the more you grind it, the worse they look to the jury. If It only takes one juror to not believe what the motherfucker's saying. And guess what? I don't believe what the fuck he's saying. It doesn't make any sense to me, right? So anyway, whatever. So they send the keys in for DNA analysis, okay? The DNA comes back on the keys to four different male individuals. Derek Holmes, the one that Quintellis says, oh, he's been harassing Jessica. Now, he had only known Jessica for like nine or 10 days. I'm talking about Quentin. But he just happens to know this guy named Derek, who's a sex offender, and he threw his name out there. Guess what? Derek Holmes did not touch those fucking keys, or his DNA was totally excluded. Quentin's DNA cannot be excluded. Jerry Keene, the guy who found the keys, was inconclusive. And then there was DNA from at least two other males that are unknown. It's crazy, y'all. I mean, I, I don't even know why in the hell the prosecution would introduce those 
keys. You got to turn it over, right, to the defense team. But I'd be damn if I'd have put that asshole on the stand. And I mean, he just he looked like an asshole. And remember, I'm a cop's cop. But if you if you're a fuck up, you're a fuck up. So let's continue with the trial. Tim Douglas is a special agent with the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations, and he did interviews with Quentin. Quinn said Jessica and Lakeisha picked him up and drove him around for an hour or so and dropped him off. And Tim asked Quinn, did you see Jessica the rest of the day? Quinn initially, he said he didn't see her anymore. Then he said, oh, wait a minute. She texted me and asked me for some money. And I threw it in her window. After lunch, I, I walked across the M&M store, gave her the money, didn't get in her car, and that's the last time I saw her. All right. Tim says, Quentin, be sure. Quentin says, after I put that money in her car, that's the last time I saw her. Quinn was questioned early on, and some of what he said was true, so they went nine months without him as a suspect. It's crazy. But what happens nine months later, y'all? Mandy gets murdered in Louisiana. Quinn is the prime suspect, caught using our ATM card. Brutal, brutal, brutal homicide. 30-something stab wounds, and we'll get into that on the next episode or two. So when they find out Quinn's locked up on another murder, well, it's going to be a murder charge. Obviously, they're working towards a murder charge, but he they found out Quinn was using the dead girl's ATM, the murder girl's ATM card. They go, oh, shit. Let's go back and look at Quinn again, right? That's when, nine months after, Paul Roulette started working back on Jessica and Quinn's cell phone pings. When you ping the cell phone, it periodically sends signals to the nearest tower. It's just checking in with the tower saying, that's where the phone's located, right? In case you need to make a phone call. They realize Quinn's full of shit. And it's nine months later. Meanwhile, th this interview they're doing with him, he's in jail in Louisiana on suspicion of murder, which can't be proved yet, but definitely for the unauthorized use of an access card. They started realizing when he said he was at home, he was actually in Batesville. During the video interrogation, they asked him if he rode around with Jessica that night. Quinn says no. They asked him if she came back by his house. He says no. They asked him, did you see her any more that night after it got dark? And he says, no, sir. They're asking Tim Douglas these questions, and the DA asked if there was a video of Quentin giving her money in daylight hours. Tim Douglas says no. And he asked him, was he adamant on multiple occasions that he was not with Jessica that night? Tim Douglas stresses that Quinn raises his hand and says, on my mama, I did not see her after I gave her that money. 
right hand to God on my mama. I wasn't with her that night. Then Paul Roulette, the specialist, right, the cell phone guy, brings in the computer and shows Quentin the dad that proves he's lying. From that point, it's Quinn's phone and Jessica's phone are in the exact same location. Then Quinn changes his story again. Now he says it was the same night. And at 8.57, they have him where he's changed clothes. He walked back to the M&M, says he heard about Jessica. He makes no phone calls or texts to check on her and he deletes all of her info from his phone. Remember, he lied earlier and says, yeah, he did it several days later, right? It's bullshit. He did it that night, and he doesn't call to check on her other than the call that he made when he was in Batesville buying the card, saying, hey, my girlfriend's coming in, which we know is a lie. Let me tell you this next part, y'all. You know, all the stuff goes on. I've told you I could sit here and do it forever, step by step on the trial, but I think I hit most of the major key points. But the defense put on an expert witness that says the RTT data that the prosecution's expert was using is just incorrect. They said the theory is incorrect and that there's no way to tell that Quintel is just the guy, right? All right, whatever. You got to say something. That's the defense doing their job. But then this next part is going to blow your mind. All right. So they get done, you know, the prosecution rests and then the defense rests and they go into closing arguments. Peterson was doing the closing arguments for Quintellis, right? And he's, I'm paraphrasing, whatever, right? But it basically, he, he tells the jury, you can't escape Eric. Peterson's slip of the tongue almost illustrated his own point when he held up the picture of Jessica Chambers and he called her Erica Chambers. Listen to that, y'all. Your client's on trial for the murder of Jessica Lynn Chambers. You've been talking about you can't get away from Eric or Derek, the name supposedly the first responders heard. There's some question about that now, right? The defense, when they're closing arguments, they call Jessica Lynn Chambers, they call her Erica Chambers. I've never heard such a stupid thing in my entire career. But, you know, the prosecution gets up immediately, holds up Jessica's picture and says, first of all, y'all, this is Jessica Chambers, not Erica. Pretty crazy, right? And they went on to say some other things about the evidence not being collected. He's trying to do damage control, the district attorney is in his closing arguments. 
it was a real shit show. As far as I'm concerned, the damage was done. But then the judge gives the jury what they call instructions. All right, you're going to go now to retire, to deliberate, and these are the possible outcomes of the case. You know, guilty, not guilty, whatever, second degree, murder, whatever the charge is in Mississippi. And you must be unanimous. Unanimous in your verdict. You must each agree to not guilty or guilty. Right? That's paraphrasing, y'all. But he's he's made it clear as a bell. Sends them out to deliberate. And this goes on for numerous hours, right? And I can only describe to you murder trials when the jury's out. There's all kinds of different speculations. The longer the jury's out, the better it is for the defense, you know, which I guess I could see that. But I've had juries be out for a long time and then come back with guilty, right? Unanimous verdicts of guilty. I've also had juries, I've never lost a trial, y'all, by jury or by judge, but I've had juries that go out and come back with a verdict that actually took them longer to pick the jury foreman than it did to come back with the unanimous verdict of guilty. But let me tell you what happened in Jessica Lynn Chambers' case. The jury's out, you know, everybody's hanging around, the lawyers will be hanging around, everybody's waiting for the word. There's a bailiff that stands outside the jury room door, right? If they have any questions, whatever, they'll pass a note out and the bailiff will give it to the judge and the judge will call court back in session or write down all that good stuff. You've seen it on TV shows. But when the verdict finally comes down, they send out a note to the bailiff saying, hey, we have reached the verdict. Boom, bitches. Call everybody in. Everybody's nervous. Everybody's running back into court. Reporters are coming in. Lawyers are coming in. Quinn's there. You know, Jessica's family's there. Everybody's there. And then the judge comes in. It's an all rise, and everybody has to rise. And the judge takes a seat and says, be seated. And then he says, I understand we have a verdict in the case, so I'm going to call back in the jury now. So he calls back in the jury. And then they file in. There are two rows, right? And he he says, he asked the jury, he said, have you reached a verdict? And the jury foreman, a Mr. Lumpkin, said, yes, we have. Just says, I don't need to know what the verdict was, but I need to know if all 12 jurors agree on the verdict. Mr. Lumpkin says, yes, sir, we did. Then you hear this juror who's sitting in the middle of the pack, right? And he's saying something. He's, and, and he's saying, uh-uh. And, uh, and, and he said, we all didn't agree on it. And the judge's like, wait, wait a minute, stop. The judge says the verdict has to be unanimous. And he asked if all 12 agreed. And they said no. They didn't agree. Holy shit. Now listen, you can't have a hung jury. You can't send a note back out to the courtroom and say, hey, we got your verdict, Your Honor. We're ready. He brings them in. He says, so you have a verdict, and I just need to know that all 12 of y'all agreed like I instructed you to very clearly. I instructed you, don't come back 
until all 12 of you agree guilty or not guilty. You know, it has to be all 12 of you. And then and it goes back and forth a little bit. And the judge's like, no, 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 stop. Listen to me. You're going to go back in there, debate again, do whatever you got to do. And when you come back and you tell me you have a verdict, it needs to be all 12 of you. It needs to be unanimous, either guilty or not guilty. So retire back to the jury chambers and deliberate some more. Total shit show. Never seen anything like it in my life. And this is, I'm going to be honest with you, all the bad police work and everything was really, really bad. The defense getting Jessica's name wrong and closing arguments. All this whole shit show of a case has been bad, right? But this shocked the shit out of me. The judge gave them the instructions. They come back, they say they have a verdict, and it's like, mm, but actually you don't. So retire and go back and debate some more. So they do. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey y'all, you know what? I love to cook. I'm from South Louisiana. It's one of the major things we do, right? It's part of our culture. But I hate going to the grocery store and doing the shopping, especially with the prices in the grocery store now and the lines and everything else, and you can't find what you need. Well, let me tell you about Every Plate. Every Plate is America's best value meal kit with delicious dinners that don't break the bank. Plus, I have a discount code for you that I'll get to in a minute. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. Hey, if you're not much of a cook, it's not a problem. Every plate's recipes come together in just six simple steps and are done in just about 30 minutes or less each. The last one I had, y'all, is the beef flautas with fajita-style veggies and lime. Look, it came with everything. It was 750 calories. I prepared it in 30 minutes. It is named after its elongated shape. The flauta actually means flute in Spanish, and these golden delights are a triumph of Mexican cuisine. Crispy and flaky on the outside, warm and savory on the inside. And speaking of the inside, the flautas are filled with tender, sauteed ground beef and tomato, seasoned with bold Southwest spices, and to top it off, there's a fajita-style mix of bell pepper and onion, plus a sour cream topping. It was delicious. As good as you can get any restaurant and a heck of a lot cheaper. Now you can get even more out of your EveryPlate delivery with new extras to complement your weekly order. Get extras like vanilla delight cheesecake, sweet kale salad, garlic bread, and protein bundles to take things up a notch. 
Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SCORCHED179. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SCORCHED179. Again, every plate, try it now for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SCORCHED179. 179. Y'all, that's up to $104 value off an EverPlate meal. Give them a shot. I've been eating it for two years now, and we love EverPlate. A little while longer goes by, however many hours, and guess what? Bailiff comes out, Your Honor, we have a verdict. Boom, it's just call everybody in, same thing. Boom, this is it, this is it, it's coming down, right? The judge told them, you gotta be unanimous. Coming back in, let's rock this. Boom, it's about to find out what the state of Mississippi, a jury, Quintel's peers, find out what they're saying about the murder of Jessica Lynn Chambers. Comes back in. Court's in session, judge comes in, everybody has to stand, same thing I told you before. Tells them all to be seated, bring back in the jurors. They follow them back in one by one. And they sit down and he says, I understand you've reached a verdict. Yes, sir, we have. And he said, did everyone agree to the verdict, like my instructions? And they say, yes. So, judge decides, to poll the jury to make sure, right? I mean, you know, you're dealing with grown-ups here, but he decides to poll them this time, and he goes down the line, and first person says yes, and then there's a yes, and then there's yes, and then guess what? There was a no. And then there was a no, and then it was just whatever. It was all fucked up, y'all. They fucked it up again. It was not unanimous a second time. How does that happen? What do you have to do to make this jury understand don't come back unless all 12 of you agree? So what happens? Believe it or not, the judge reads the instructions again about guilty and not guilty, and it has to be unanimous. And he sends them back to the jury room to deliberate again. And even had to at some point in this deliberation, they sent out asking for the instructions and he sends the instructions in again to the jury room. You could have knocked me over with a feather. Shocked the shit out of me. One time is like crazy. Twice you come out, what part of unanimous don't you fucking understand? Twice? I mean, y'all, 
It's crazy. It just doesn't happen. I'm telling you, I've never heard anything like this in my entire career, going on almost 30 years now. Entire career on both sides. Never heard anything like this. And sends it back in. And then they have to ask for the instructions again. And they send it in. So finally, what happens? The jury comes back into the courtroom and they say, Your Honor, we can't reach a conclusion. We're too split. We can't decide whether he's guilty or not guilty. I don't get it. So the judge did the only thing he could do, and he had declared a mistrial. They talked to the jurors afterwards, and the jurors said they, they thought if they couldn't agree upon a verdict together, that that meant not guilty. And that's why they kept going back. I don't know. I watched the shit. I don't know how you get it confused, but it is what it is. God bless them. Thank them for doing their duty. But I'm going to tell you this. There is no fucking way Woody Overton would have been sitting on that jury and that I would have came back with a vote of guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that they had way beyond probable cause to arrest Quentin Tellis for the murder of Jessica Lynn Chambers. No doubt in my mind. If the case had been handled correctly, if the evidence had been done correctly, certainly would have gone a lot further towards me saying guilty, right? But even without the evidence, if the people had not got on the stand and lied, and now this is the people that the prosecution put on the stand, and they got caught in lie after lie, or they showed their ignorance and lack of training that's where it gets fucked up. It's, there's no way in that trial that Quintellis should have been found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, y'all, reasonable doubt doesn't mean beyond any doubt. It just means beyond any doubt that a reasonable person could make the decision of guilty. Him lying... Quentin Tellis lying and lying and lying again and all that shit. Shit, it makes him look guilty as fuck, right? And everything he did, I mean, he lied, he lied, he lied, he lied. But where's the evidence, you know? And then, holy shit, the Eric Derrick thing, I mean, that's huge, right? The fact that he really wasn't even on the radar until after he got arrested for what ultimately is the murder of Mandy. He wouldn't have even been on their on their radar. They lied, and I think the jury saw straight through their top chief guy who was out of town when the crime happened, and you know he fucked up the whole chain of custody and stuff. You just don't know what would have happened. Oh, even like the black male that was on the scene supposedly staring through the volunteer fireman, and you know he told him you can't be here, and then he changed his shirts walking away. Where's this? Why didn't they find this guy? I told you Heron Road, 
you you don't go down Heron fucking road unless you got a reason to go down it. I mean, th this guy would have been the easiest one to find unless he was the killer. And why didn't they show this firefighter a lineup of Quintellis in it and say, is this the guy you saw at the scene? Could have been. That's another thing they didn't do. I mean, they just didn't do anything. And as much as it pains me, and as much as I believe in my heart that Quentin Tellis murdered and, and burned Jessica Chambers alive, I absolutely would have, would have said not guilty because they fucked it up so bad, nonstop, shocked to the senses. Everything in this case just stinks to shit. This is horrible. It's scorched justice times infinity. But guess what? It's going to get even worse. Next episode will be the second trial of Quentin Tellis for the murder of Jessica Lynn Chambers. Let's see if the prosecution in the Panola County Sheriff's Office and the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation and the FBI and the first responders and uh, everybody learn something from the mistakes in the first trial. Tune in to find out. And I'm Woody Overton, your host, Scorch Justice, the podcast. And wherever y'all are listening to my voice, take a moment, if you will, and hit the subscribe button. And if you get a chance, go leave me a review on iTunes. I appreciate it. Peace. Scorch Justice is a production of Cloud 10 Media and Real Life Real Crime Productions. The show is executive produced by Cindy and Woody Overton and Sim Sarn for Cloud 10 Media. Matt Provisano is our supervising sound editor. The music is by Josh Cook. Artwork by Brian Stephanie. Be sure to download, subscribe, and like Scorch Justice anywhere you can download a podcast. You can follow me, Woody Overton, on Instagram at Overton Woody and at Real Life Real Crime to hear what I've got coming next. Thank you. Never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.